Welcome to MIA 2K, your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We're Kathy and Laura, and we're so happy you could join us today. You probably know us from, just kidding, you don't know us yet. We're just two Miami girls with obsessive fandom tendencies who fell into the inescapable void of Korean entertainment. And we're here to share our insights and spill all the tea only grown fans like us can enjoy. We've done all the research and acclimating so you don't have to. Before we begin, please make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you love visuals like us, you can watch us on our YouTube channel. We drop episodes with our hot and sunny takes every week. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey. So Hi. guys, get excited. <laughs> we are excited, clearly already. Get excited <laughs> even more because today we are welcoming our very first guest on our podcast. Woo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> So we found her podcast, which is dedicated to reviewing everything K-dramas when we started our podcast, and we were immediately impressed by everything about her, her style, the critiques, the ideas, the structure of the episodes, like a whole professional queen, I can't even. So when we decided ourselves to dedicate an episode to the world of K-dramas, we just knew that she had to be a part of it, especially as a fellow 305 till I die, yes. South Florida sister from another <laughs> mister. <laughs> so uh, yeah. before we introduce her, We want to share that we're recording as Hurricane Ian is about to make landfall and as Floridians, al mal tiempo buena cara, or we make a lemonade when we're giving lemons. We actually hope that it all just falls apart and that we just get a day off of work and that's pretty much it. So without further ado, please welcome Jess from ATC Deba Grumble's podcast. Yay! Jess, we're so happy you could join us. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Please introduce yourself, share your social media info, how you started with K-dramas and anything else you want to share with us. Wow, this is a lot of pressure. So <laughs> yeah, my name is Jess, Jessica, and I run ATC Deba K-Rambles. ATC is kind of weird, but it stands for Always the Critic because me and my usual co-host Rico started as a movie podcast and we've had that podcast for like five years. And all that time, and even before, I was watching K-dramas the whole time. And um, it kind of went, led to developing Deba K-Rambles because I had this blog and it was doing really well. And I was like, Rico, what do you think if we like just do a podcast about K-dramas? And he was like, I don't watch K-dramas. <laughs> and I was like, I get that. I get that. I think it might be like a good educational thing. Like, would you be down to watch some? And like review them and he was he was basically game for it. he was like yeah sure like I don't mind so I went ape shit like I went nuts like setting up the the socials setting up the format like picking the dramas we were gonna watch and making sure that he watched them too because you know it's so easy to be like okay we have to watch crash landing on you and he'd be like all right bet Three weeks later, I'll talk to him and be like, hey, did you like start watching Crash Landing on You? Be like, oh no, I didn't get a chance to. So like, it was like a constant struggle to like <laughs> get the schedule down and actually sit down and record. And honestly, I was surprised that it went so well and that people have really started to actually listen. To, like, it's wild that people are actually listening to the Deba K Rambles podcast. Like it still blows my mind. 
And I'm really grateful that it's done so well because this has been my outlet for so long, <laughs> like just by myself, no one to talk to, no one to like interact with and to actually put my thoughts out there and review these K-dramas is like such a weight off of my like mind and heart. <laughs> I don't know how to put it, but uh, thank you so much again for having me on. And that's like the miniature version of how Deba K Rambles got started. Obviously, you can find us on all the socials, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, at ATC Debak Pod. And I am excited to talk K-dramas with you guys because we have been talking in the DMs all up on TikTok about <laughs> K-pop, about K-dramas. And like, this is a culmination, really. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've I'm been excited. building up to this moment. Yes. We have. We have. Yeah. <laughs> We're so grateful for your time. And because of that, we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. Lights, camera, action. Okay. okay so okay. let's start with talking about what's so great about K-dramas, Laura. We know you have a long running movie review podcast as well. And you really know what you like and don't like right away. So what did you like about K-dramas? What do you think gets people hooked on them? Despite the language being different and the culture being totally different. Uh, it's a lot of things that get people hooked on K-dramas and it all obviously is a lot of the same for people and very different for other people. So I think these are some of the main reasons why people watch K-drama is the actors are hot, period. <laughs> attractive actors, attractive leads, always. You are never going to find, I don't know, like a Steve Buscemi in a K-drama. You know, you know what I'm saying? saying like there's not going to be an unconventionally attractive person in a k-drama and they use it to their advantage they're always having these shower scenes makeover scenes gratuitous shots of these actors shirtless scenes for no reason and that's to play up the model aspect of all of the actors new culture obviously is another reason why people watch k-dramas is because they're watching a different culture than their own and learning new things. And that's a big reason why I like to watch K-dramas initially. It was that I was like, this is totally different, but I'm finding commonalities as well with my own culture. And that seems really nice, especially to understand the family dynamics through the lens of my own like Hispanicness. So I like that as well. Mostly clean content. I think a lot of people are kind of fed up with like the HBO-ness of, of TV nowadays where there's just like no rating, no, nothing is off limits, lots of gratuitous sex scenes and K-dramas don't have that. They just are no foul language. Violence is minimal. Love scenes like rarely progress past kissing. And nowadays it's becoming more common for them to kiss like French, <laughs> French kissing in K-dramas. And that's kind of a westernized feature that's come into K-dramas but for the most part you're getting excited about hand-holding about piggyback rides <laughs> like it's not it's nothing like crazy I definitely agree with that because for example like Game of Thrones I refused to watch it because I was like this just feels like sex is like a surprise in your face kind of factor and I was mm -hmm. like I'm not about that and the whole like making something so romantic without having to introduce a lot of the tropes that we have here mm. it was like at the very beginning my stomach and like my heart would flutter and I'm like oh yeah. great and we were totally supposed to buy into the whole twin brother and sister incest dynamic like it was normal you know so bro nothing gets people riled up like a little bit of incest and like white people with white hair <laughs> 
So <laughs> not naming names, but okay. Uh, another reason why people love K-dramas is the OST. I think people kind of love to have unique music that reminds them of the show. And that's something that you have too in movies where it's like, this song reminds me of this movie. And you have that literally every time you watch a K-drama is you're like, you can have this OST that sticks with you, that reminds you of the K-drama, brings you back to a certain scene or a certain thing, makes you think of a certain character. And that's really a positive way to think back on a K-drama and have it kind of bleed into your regular life. Genre hopping is crazy in K-drama. There's a drama to suit everybody's taste. There's light comedies, romance comedies are popular. You have historical fantasy, sci-fi, action, romance, so many other drama ingredients. Sometimes you have a drama that you think is like a sci-fi fantasy, and then it turns out to be like more thriller. And you have all of these hodgepodge of genres within a single show. And so there is something for everybody to watch. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that also pulled me into the, the k-drama world mm. because with american television it's a lot of csis and ncis's true and crime like, it's great but it gets boring like yeah. it just i want something else and sometimes with k-dramas you'll find one like you said that like you think it's gonna be something and then it's completely something else and even the fantasy aspects and the science fiction aspects are very different from what yeah we do over here when we like touch those right. genres. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I was explaining my initial obsession with everything K to my family, I, I said something like, I already know what's going on in the West. Like we're for Latin America. So like, I already know what's going on over there. We live in the US. I already know what's going on over here. But I've never really discovered that. And it was like a whole new world of possibilities. Like it just, it seems so new and different. Mm. And it is. And, and it really genuinely is. And it's very interesting. So I fully agree. And I think people are missing out. And myself from two, three years ago was heavily missing out and had no idea. And I've never been more wrong in my life. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, globalization is such a big mm -hmm. concept, but you get it when you start watching something that's outside of your comfort zone. 100%. And, you know, I've watched other Asian dramas. Like I watched Thai dramas, Japanese dramas, Chinese dramas. And then I was, I watched like um, a Turkish drama once. And that was like a whole new like ball game for me too. I was like, whoa, this is different. And I really liked the language and learning a new culture and all the things that drew people to K-drama. I think when you mentioned Turkish dramas, my parents, my mom is obsessed with Turkish dramas. Like Same. she has a million that she's watched she like makes sure to record it she watches like <laughs> I think she's watched one like maybe twice or three times already because like they keep repeating it in different channels and she's like oh my god I have to watch it I think she's just they're just being close-minded because if they like Turkish dramas mm. I think it's not that far to just hop on I mean no. geographically it is but like <laughs> yeah in like types it's not that far right all. I agree but speaking of like accessibility that's a huge reason why k-dramas are getting out into the mainstream and people are watching more and more is because it's really accessible now to watch k-dramas because you can watch it on netflix you can watch it on amazon prime you can watch it on streaming like just streaming is made such a huge difference in the world of k-dramas and people discovering them and netflix was pushing them and creating them themselves so it's yeah. a huge incentive for them to push k-dramas because they're going to make money off of it accessibility is huge because it used well, to be so difficult to find k-dramas i was gonna say there i saw that there was like a meme of a few weeks ago this k-drama streaming platform that i guess went out of service in like 2018 or something oh like my, that or something else. oh my god 
so <laughs> this is a trauma point for me so it was caught <laughs> drama fever and i it was either in 2018 i think was when it Phased shut out. down it was basically a vicky drama fever and vicky were the two that you could go to and netflix had some k dramas they were just starting to like get into the k drama game and drama fever had really good subtitles really good selection a ton of k it was literally like vicky if vicky didn't have a drama fever had it vice versa and all of a sudden we got a mass email that says thank you for all these years blah 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 like drama fever shutting down you'll get a refund for your the prorated uh membership and all this stuff and i was like oh my god i like lost my shit like everyone was <laughs> freaking out like what am i gonna do i literally got the email and i remember sitting there and being like what am i gonna do now <laughs> like I, I was in the middle of watching a show and i just like i had the app on my television and when i went into the app it was like gone like you could not access it it just had that message it was like error or whatever i was like what am i gonna do what episode was i on in this drama like i literally it was just a curveball like a life curveball and horrible. it does it, it is really such does. a niche thing now to remember drama drama fever and to remember when it shut down and yeah. the chaos that ensued but that to answer your question yeah it was called drama fever <laughs> yeah i, I miss it every other day around and it was like everybody was posting about it like you said it was collective trauma everybody was it's... trauma bonding remembering the <laughs> yes. good times of drama fever and i was like oh damn okay well another thing that i wasn't here for and i, guess, I mean if me. vicky if Vicky shut down tomorrow, what like the chaos? That is <laughs> what happened chaos. with drama. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got it, that's got what it. happened. Like a best friend leaving. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was terrible. Zero out of ten would recommend. Anyway, to wrap up, what I think appeals to people for K dramas is the format, which is the biggest thing for me personally. Is that a typical K drama is just sixteen to twenty episodes, and then you're done. You don't have to come back for a season two, season three. You don't have to worry about oh they left on a cliffhanger I need to the story's not done all this stuff no it's a one whole connected story with a clear conclusion well sometimes not a clear conclusion <laughs> but a conclusion <laughs> and you know it's longer than a movie but shorter than other shows like in America we have multi-season shows great like Grey's Anatomy which is I can't believe that's still ongoing <laughs> um, and even in uh, Latin America you have the novellas that last for like a few months and then you're done but again it's longer than 20 16 to 20 episodes 100%. an hour piece so all of this build up and then you get to move on there's like this sense of closure where you're like emotionally invested and you have this perfect thing and then you can move on and it's a lot less chance of filler episodes trying just trying to get to like a certain number of episodes and that sort of thing so I really love just 16 to 20 episodes and then I get to start a new k-drama and I never liked coming back for multiple seasons. Oh, I never liked this too. When people were like, <clears throat> season one is really good, but then season two is really bad. But you need to watch season two so that you understand what happens in season three, because then season yeah, yeah. three is picks up again and it's really good. But then there's a couple episodes where they've had a writer's strike and then, oh, it's <laughs> not so good. I fucking hate when people start talking about shows like that. Netflix when they were when they were just starting out with the original content and they were doing House of Cards and Orange is the New Black right. and both of those shows season three for both of them was terrible was absolutely fucking terrible for both shows nothing happened yeah. so that just that literally uh, struck a chord with me because I fully remember being so angry about that but again you can't go to season four without watching season three 
that's the fucking like that's how they get you and I never liked that format and the inconsistency of it so 16 to 20 episodes and we'll talk about the changes that that for that too because the episode count is changing but I think ultimately K-dramas are addicting because they take cheap shots if you (laughs) get my meaning like nearly every episode has like a cliffhanger ending yeah and the tension is building up. You have all this intimacy between romantic leads. And then you're like really excited for progression physically between them where it's like, oh my God, he gave her a piggyback ride. Oh my God, they hugged. Oh my God. Like it's like <laughs> all these like addictive things and you're waiting for the kiss and you're waiting for all these things. So I feel like all of this tension and buildup is earned in the show. And again, like the cliffhanger endings are just rude, but it's part of what makes you click play on the next episode. Right. Yeah. And touching back on something that you mentioned earlier, Jess, or we were talking about with the cultural differences and the language differences, you've probably, and we talked about this with the drama fever, but you've probably used like every K-drama platform at this point. So mm-hmm. which ones in your experience have the best subtitle service? Because also you posted a great TikTok today that uh, talked about why, <laughs> like how you feel when you see that net. Netflix translates young to the name of the person. Yeah. And also, like for me, it's triggering when they uh, translate Opa to babe. So angry when I see that, especially the like Squid worst. Game did that, you know? Mm-hmm. The worst one was he's in the trap that translated on Netflix. Opa was translated to cutie pie. I was so confused because it was like my second K drama. And I was like, why is he making such a big deal by being called cutie pie? Like, who gives a shit? It's cutie pie. Like, <laughs> It wasn't until like I went on some website that explained the episodes and they added like cultural references that I was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, right. okay, yeah. that's like a big deal. Yeah. Like, it's not so cute. with all that said, Jess, what are the best platforms in your opinion for someone who's getting started with K-dramas? Today, it's Vicky, V-I-K-I, uh, Vicky Subbers work so hard to fully 100% sub a drama like in within a day or two of it being released and they're all volunteers and they're doing this out of the goodness of their hearts <laughs> and they truly do a really fantastic job subbing and way better than Netflix and what's confusing to me now is that Netflix who knows what happens behind the scenes with these translators maybe they're doing a fantastic job translating but Netflix has stipulations and rules where they're like we just want this we don't want yeah. that I don't I don't want cultural context because we don't have the the programming to put that on the screen whatever the case may be that dumbs down the subtitles where you get cutie pie for Opa and babe. the names babe things like that just wildly inaccurate in English. Netflix is basically trying to appeal to more people. If someone who has no idea what the Korean culture is started watching a K-drama, the subtitles would make perfect sense to them. But because we know a little bit more about K-culture and the dynamics, what OPA means in different contexts, it's really bad for us because it's not getting the intention and the relationships right yeah between characters yeah. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse but like honestly the squid game one because oh, netflix oh, didn't know squid game was gonna blow up the way that it did right but yeah, it did true. it's the most watched k-drama like netflix programming and the history of netflix yeah uh, september 17th got a sign like squid game day and, like, game and day. all these things <laughs> like you know it's a it's a really big deal because of what the show managed to do and then the fact that they bastardize like both the opa to babe thing yeah 
and the the moment of the hyung yes when, like that is it was such a big pivotal moment of like showing how close they felt before the betrayal happens later on mm-hmm, in the season mm-hmm. you know like there was so 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 much heaviness that just got completely glossed over by just going straight to the name or uh, it just hurts my soul. It really does because everybody else that has no idea or context just completely missed out on this. One of the reasons why yeah. I refuse to watch, not refuse, but I don't like to watch and I haven't watched a lot of the really popular K-dramas that have come out. It's because they're on Netflix and the translations just piss me off. So I always like to watch everything on Vicky, hope that it's on Vicky. But with all of these Netflix originals, it's almost impossible. Yeah, Netflix originals have a reputation for being high budget, a little bit better quality. So it's tough when you have a Netflix original and you can't find it anywhere else, but you know the sub is not going to be 100. Hopefully Netflix takes the cue to kind of wake up in terms of subtitles and translations and try and be a little more accurate with it. Try and be a little more inclusive, culturally sensitive, whatever buzzword you want to use, because it is a bit of a shame, especially when Squid Game came out. And a shit ton of people started watching K-drama, never seen a K-drama before. And you're not getting the significance of things between characters and the weight of the betrayal is particular, the one, what Kathy was talking about. So what's funny to me is that I started watching, my first K-drama was a Netflix K-drama, not a Netflix original, but I found it on Netflix and started watching it. And I vividly remember there being, I don't know where they got these subtitles or licensed these subtitles from, but they had definitions for things oh yeah and I was like went back oh okay so oppa means whatever and I distinctly remember learning some concepts and some like why what is this festival they're talking about like different things like that where I was like why are they freaking out and they would have like a little explanation yeah the devolution is not and I I don't know if it's just because they have their own in-house subtitle people that are just doing like the bare minimum who knows what kind of internal (laughs) process the subtitles the translations go through before they end up on your screen because they could be amazing translations and then they go through like multiple steps there's probably red tape involved and then they just kind of they're like we can't have a whole thing on Hyung we can't just put Hyung as Hyung either in the subtitles because no one's going to understand what Hyung means even if you just italicize it or whatever just to drive home the fact that this is a romanization of a Korean word so it's a slippery slope I feel probably Netflix feels like it's a slippery slope but that I mean, the TikTok that you're referring to was uh, a little bit contentious. Like the comments got way out of hand because people were chiming in and feeling the same way. Different translator people. I'm a translator and I could tell you that I was like, (laughs) triggered, triggered. The community was was like, oh no. Yeah, the, the community was a bit triggered for oh, that. For yeah, that I, saw, I saw that the comments were getting like, I mean, I thought it was good because you were getting a lot of comments, but I didn't see like the bad ones. <laughs> but some people are like, uh, like, what are they going to, what else are they going to translate it to if not like, bro, Look brother, babe, right? As a token Miami girl, I will mm. say I'm okay with bro. I am. Yeah. Like I saw people complaining and I was like, you can't complain about babe the same way that you complain about bro or vice versa, I guess, mm. because it's like babe has a sexual connotation. Bro yes. doesn't or that brother doesn't. So mm-hmm. like you can't equate a South Korean woman calling someone oppa being translated to brother or bro. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the same. It's not as bad as babe. Like it's never going to be as bad as mm-hmm. babe. So 
that's my two cents and as a as a miami girl i do think bro is fine but i know i'm being i get, i love calling that. people bro same. People bro all the time. Same. Like, bro. <laughs> literally what I do. Like bro, literally. Yeah. Bro, what are you doing? Eating shit. Like there's some Miamiism such as totally. Again, that's a translation too, because like you'll be you'll say comiendo mierda. What, yeah. what does that mean? I'm eating shit I'm in eating English. That's what does that mean? It's like so you know what I'm saying? That's another us. translation. Yeah. 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 No, at all. Like, go talk to someone in Tennessee and be like, I'm eating shit. And they'll be like, uh, are you what? <laughs> Do I need to call somebody? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very Miami. It's extremely yeah. Miami. But well, anyway, yeah. just so you, you've mentioned now that you've been an avid K-drama consumer for so many years at this point. So we're sure that a lot has changed since you started up until now. So can you please share with us and our audience some specifics as to what it is that you've noticed that has evolved or improved or i don't know maybe gone worse from early 2010s till now okay so the fashion and hairstyles have definitely evolved from the early 2010s and i feel like in the next 10 years we'll be like looking back at the 2020 dramas and being like what the fuck are they wearing what the fuck is, is that hair and have the same like visceral reaction that we do to like the dated 2010 dramas Ite but one class is gonna be scalp it's what like literally Guys, so I Ite like one class <laughs> You're the only one. You're the only one. That hair is horrendous. And I hate it. It It is a crime to do that to Park So Joon. And what they did was they matched the webtoon or the manhwa or whatever the hell that they based the drama <laughs> off of they match Paxedo Yi's hair from the drawing from the illustration and I'm like why would you do that it looks <laughs> fucking terrible and they did the same Kintami's character or something yeah, sure. she had that short like curly yeah, yeah, yeah. blonde bob and it looked <laughs> terrible as well and like just some things why? you just gotta take creative license why? and you can't it can't be a one-for-one one because like it looks like shit yeah it looks so bad Laura, I'm going to ask you how you feel I about like it in 2032. It. Yeah, sure, sure. I probably would like it. I mean, I'm going to stay on your current right shit. now. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. I really like it. Yeah, so it looks really cute. He oh, looks no. incredible in anything. Like, it's not like he looks bad, but they tried the to is, make him look bad. <laughs> he's the only person who could pull it off at this point. Because if you see a fool walking down the street with the Poxetto, you do, you'll be like, who is that loser? Like, what are they doing? Do they think they look no. good? It's gonna be giving Jim Carrey and uh and Dumb nice. and <laughs> We don't have to go that far. It's giving two thousands chongo the yes. opposite of a chonga with the little like it's giving Anuel. <gasps> oh my god, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we got to this full circle moment with you. That was necessary. Oh, so <laughs> fashion hairstyles i would say there's fewer male leads nowadays that have like red flag toxic traits about them Mm -hmm. than there were originally and obviously sometimes they get better and they become good people or whatever that's part of their character growth but i would say in general they're just more green flags in k-dramas than red flags in k-dramas like i said before there's a lot of catering to international audiences now and less like straight Koreanness 
in the K dramas, everything is a little bit watered down for an international audience. And I don't know if it's a good thing. I think that there should be some purity to it. Obviously, I'm glad there's less <laughs> red flags in K dramas, but I think that there's something really appealing about just having these dramas be innately Korean and cutting episode length and having eight episode, 12 episodes dramas. It's because of Netflix. Literally, we can blame Netflix for shortening the length of the K-drama season and creating multiple season K-dramas. And that's to appeal to an international audience. And I fucking hate it. I don't think we should do multiple season K-dramas. Multi-season K-dramas are like, that's not Bible. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. Tell us how you really feel, Jess. (laughs) It's sacrilege. (laughs) (laughs) We should be begging forgiveness at the altar of K-drama. Anyway, lots of genre mixing happening now, more so than before. Older K-dramas seem to stick to one tone. And now there's a lot more like, oh, there's they're under an intense threat of death and then there's a very sweet romantic moment (laughs) and then oh we're back to a mystery thriller like it's a lot of like whiplash in terms of what is the tone of this drama like what is the genre and there's a lot more mixing nowadays which I'm on the fence about if it's a good thing or a bad thing but definitely a huge difference from earlier k-dramas one of the things that I liked about I watched a lot of older K-dramas and I do like the fact that K-dramas in general haven't been afraid of showing relationships between older women and younger men not Mm. like in a creepy way but just like a couple years older Mm. you don't really see that here you see more older men with very young women but you don't really see the opposite and I've always kind of liked that in K-dramas that that isn't seen as like weird or like why would this younger person like this older woman like there isn't like a oh are you talking about in a romantic sense yeah 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 oh yeah, the yeah. new no romances yeah yeah yes 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 like I, I just I like that because it women in in the west tend to have like an expiration date <laughs> yes girl when they're hot right only a couple of women have been able to hit their 50s and still be considered hot in Hollywood so I just like that you can see that in K-dramas where like the older women is with a younger like man like romantically and it's not seen as like a weird thing it's like yeah it's cool Mm -hmm. it's fine yeah like here here it's like it's immediately the cougar narrative which is not necessarily yeah it's always a mrs robinson correct seems like in some ways a lot has changed in other ways not that much but we'll see what happens now that netflix has really understood the value of the market and what they're going to bring us next aside from squid game season two please don't but anyway (laughs) in general We know that South Korea is a very trend-driven country, and Mm -hmm. that's probably the easiest way to split the eras that K-dramas have been through. So which trends have you personally loved, Jess? And which ones could you have done completely without? So I love the trend of just physically tougher ladies in K-drama. I think that's a positive for just the depiction of women because there was always this undercurrent in K-dramas 
where the undercurrent is it's kind of a Cinderella story and she is going through tough times and she is very resilient but ultimately very poor and here comes this knight in shining armor and he is going to give her the desires of her heart and everything she's ever wanted and get her out of the situation that she's in and kind of a damsel in distress was a common trope but nowadays there's way less of that and there's more just really imposing female leads and older leads who are taking possession of a show and really kind of being this beacon of not necessarily stereotypical aspects of females. You know what I'm saying? And I really love that where she doesn't need the guy, but she wants the guy. It's nice. So I mentioned 16 to 20 episodes coming way down to even six, eight, 10 episodes that it is so rare for me to be like, this was a great K-drama. I really want a season two. <laughs> I think the only one that I was like, wow, this was amazing. Seasons one and two was Kingdom okay. by uh, Netflix as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And other than that, I'm always like, well, they could have wrapped it up in a single season. <laughs> That's a trend that I like and don't like, depending. But again, completely, Netflix is completely to blame for that. Jess is messaging Netflix on the DMs on Twitter, being like, this could have been an email. This could no, have been yeah, it, this it is basically, season. yeah. Like the season ends, and I'm like, cool. So remember how you guys were like trying to figure out what to do with the plot in episodes six and seven? Like you could have just <laughs> wrapped up the story instead of like, you and had- come back for season two. <laughs> one job yeah you had one job and it's not to like (laughs) suck us dry with our time and energy and you don't have to do that to get people to subscribe to netflix anyway more k-dramas than ever are being based on webtoons which was always the case k-dramas always look to manhwas and webtoons for content for stories but i feel like you throw a rock and you're gonna hit a k-drama that was based on a webtoon (laughs) nowadays like here's some that you might recognize from recent years true beauty yumi cells hellbound dp love alarm nevertheless Navilera, Taxi Driver, My Roommate is a Gumio, She Would Never Know, At a Distance Spring is Green, The King's Affection, and So I Married the Anti-Fan. Those are within a couple years. Yeah, maybe all webtoon dramas. The only thing that I like Netflix for doing is the higher budget. So I like that trend. That's good. Which is something that was missing from K-dramas, I feel like, was the artistry of filmmaking. Mm. And K-dramas are really kind of sinking their teeth into beautiful cinematography, making an effort in the way things are shot, the poetry of filmmaking and shot composition and things like that. They're truly like going for it now. And that's such a nice thing to see because again, I've come from analyzing movies for years and And even though I'm not filmmaker or like professional in any sense, I am appreciative of that. And I like the artistry that K-dramas seem to be employing now. The last trend that I absolutely hate is uh, more ridiculous product placement in K-dramas. It's a lot. I don't know why, but now it's blatant. It's in your face. It's like part of the plot almost. So Subway is the worst offender. I will always... (laughs) take shots at subway (laughs) cars like cadillac hyundai like all of these different like literally everybody in the show has a cadillac everybody in the show has a mercedes like Mm -hmm. it's too much restaurants or cafes that they go to multiple times and i think everyone knows about this one the kahi wrinkle bomb yeah we do (laughs) 
Yes, we do. The pink tube. Yeah. So those are getting way out of hand. I don't think that's going away, but it's just getting more and more ridiculous. I took advantage of the fact that we were doing the K-drama episode today. And if anybody's watching, you can see to my left, or I don't even know what side of Zoom flips it, but uh, <laughs> I have my K-beauty products that I bought off of Amazon from the body shop or whatever, but these I've been swearing by for the past like year and a half. Y'all should have seen my face in November of last year. I was busted. So <laughs> these are all the like the things that I use for my beauty routine. So if anybody wants the links, I'll share them. But yes, I I'm doing this little thing here in um, honor of the K drama blatant uh, beauty product and other product placement that is honestly abusive and it's aggressive. And <laughs> it is. They need to stop. It is. Okay, now to the part that we think everyone should really pay so, so close attention to. Please pull out your notes or the notepad app if you are being environmentally friendly, which you should be, because Jess has an awesome TikTok series that inspired this question about K-dramas that don't really have a lot of popular acclaim, but that are worth the watch. So with that said, we're going to take things up a little notch and we're going to go to the next level and get some rapid line recommendations from the K-drama queen herself. Please, oh my God. Laura, ask away. So Jess, if you have to pick five K-dramas for the categories that we'll talk about, like your life depending on it, which would make your list? So the first one, top five K-dramas of all time. That's a heavy question. <laughs> that is such a heavy question. Yeah. So you guys made me really think through this question because I honestly, I never rank cage problems. <laughs> like I just don't. You're not toxic. <laughs> no, like I'm never like, oh my God, is this one better than this one? Well, they're different. Like, no, never. I never do that. <laughs> I just give them a score and then I move on. That's probably <laughs> but, good for you as a podcast yeah. person. Like it is good that you don't have favorite children. They're just mm. all, you know, yeah. they're all just there for the they're tea just for like, whatever it is. We're all like, yeah. And yeah. I just, <laughs> so wholesome. It, it's it's <laughs> so difficult beautiful. for me, but for five must watch drama, K-drama slash top five of all time, I would probably stick to these five and all of these are different genres. So first one would be, and these aren't in any particular order, just five. <laughs> She's not ranking, just to make sure. not ranking not them. Not ranking them. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so the first one I'll say is My Mister. I feel like this one was just one of the best K-dramas that I've ever seen. It's got IU and very moody, very dark, but so triumphant in the end. And a lot of different things that you can glean from it especially from a mental health aspect. And we reviewed it on Deba K Rimbles and I had Nunes Nunchi on for that one. And she's a mental health expert and therapist. And so I, and then I watched it while I was in the process of losing my grandmother and I cried on the podcast episode. So that was zero out of 10 would recommend like crying on a podcast episode <laughs> and like having it out there for all everyone to hear. But my mister was very emotional, very deep K-drama. So I highly recommend my mister. Another one that I recommend is Strong Woman Dobong Soon. A ton of people have watched Strong Woman already or Strong Girl Dobong Soon, however you want to call it. It is so light. One of the best K-drama couples of all time. <laughs> like Pak Kyung Sik and what's her name? Pak Boyong. Really cute couple. Fun comedy in the show and a lot of people this is like an entry point for them I didn't realize it until I like started a TikTok or something that was like oh the 2k dramas that people first watched it was Chloe and Boys Over Flowers and people were like um what is this strong woman Dobong Soon erasure and I was like <laughs> what <laughs> so 
I didn't realize that people kind of came into K-dramas around the time that Strong Woman Do Mong Soon was airing and they caught that one. DP, which is a Netflix original with my boy, I call him Holy Hain because of his, his Instagram <laughs> handle, but it's Jung Hain and it's not, I almost don't think it's a K-drama at all because it is so powerful and assaulting on the senses and really uncomfortable at times and frustrating at other times it makes you really upset but I think it's a rare k-drama that makes Korea look bad and that's something to talk about I feel like we should celebrate it more and won a bunch of awards and it was recognized a lot by the industry and I do want to I think it's one of the top k-dramas that there are to watch but it's not for the faint of heart uh, like every trigger warning that there is for the k-drama just beware but it's not it's not a romance by any stretch um the next k-drama is a slice of life k-drama because this is my first life and a lot of, I think it's underrated but a lot of people when I post about it people are like oh I love that show it's so good and I'm like okay so like people watch it and they just don't talk about it then because <laughs> it's really really good slice of life I don't usually recommend slice of life dramas but this one stole my heart the last one is a fantasy romance and it's goblin and it's just because it has a lot of Koreanness to it and a lot of lore in it that people might not get. They just kind of have to accept because they're not Korean and they don't get the significance and things, but that's fine. I think it's got a really good romance, just weird age gap in it, which <laughs> you kind of have to like live through and understand <laughs> that it exists. Kong Yu is the main star along with Kim Go-un, really great show. I do have some miscellaneous like runner-ups that I would like to throw out there because oh, I already please. gave my five. Okay, so Our Beloved Summer, Squid Game, Signal, which is a, a crime fantasy K-drama, mm -hmm. the Reply series, which is a slice of life, 2521, which it was a very contentious drama this year, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I think it's really good all-time drama. And then Weightlifting Fairy, which is a sports college romance drama with a lot of fun in it <laughs> i think laura you saw that one we left a fairy loved it. love we left a fairy so they're, i always recommend it too their chemistry is so amazing so they good. were also dating in real yeah, life yeah they dated in real life and then they broke up in real life so we beautiful. basically just have we left fairy as like a time capsule of their love so, <laughs> totally. it was so good so so good i actually read the webtoon for our beloved summer i just finished it a couple of months ago maybe a month uh -huh. ago and it has been on my watch list because the comic or the artist who did this actually wrote one of my favorite like web webtoons oh and just a webtoon I was like oh my god everybody says a goblin like it's on everyone's list of top like things so I, yeah. I think that one really if anybody is like thinking about getting into k-dramas and i think it's interesting just that you said that like the koreanness of it is so appealing because you were saying how like some of the k-dramas are kind of losing that because of globalization so that's interesting that that's such a recent drama and people are so obsessed with it precisely because of how well Korean recent uh not really because it was that's a 2016 k-drama i think anything like after 2015 and k-drama world is like semi-recent i know that, same like, with the I, pipeline is because of how many shows come out every year so i feel the same way that 2016 dramas are not that old they're not they're not really that not. old 
was like but really people nice. like you talk to people especially on the tiki talk and they're like ew a 2015 k-drama that's so old they're people, children they were probably three years old people like, love to be wrong on tiktok that's my hot take of the day people love oh, to be wrong on tiktok just children or like i say you guys that meme that was like a little ducky with sunglasses on <laughs> well it's like a rubber duck and on the bottom, it says splish, splash, your opinions are trash. Facts. <laughs> That's how we have to treat all the TikTok opinions, honestly, because mm-hmm. those comment section, girl. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Five overrated K-dramas, the ones we should skip. Okay, this is where I'm going to bust out with some hot takes. <laughs> Jess is about to be Do controversial it. It. yet brave, and you all need to oh, cuddle okay. her in your warm hug and let Do her not. express herself. Yes, it, let me express myself. Do not come for me. I don't want to fucking hear it. Like, this is my opinion, okay? She said what she said, uh, and she did I not said what I you. said. Here we go. In rapid fire. <laughs> I love it. You don't need to watch these. I think these are overrated. Crash Landing on You, Hometown Cha Cha Cha, Reply 1988, and True Beauty. Oh! oh I said what I said. You don't need to watch it. Are they good? Will they love? Will they give you warm and fuzzies? Yeah. Is it essential K drama watching? Probably not. Are these the best K dramas of all time? No. So these are my opinions. And on a good day, you might catch me and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, you should definitely watch Crash Landing on You. You should definitely watch Hometown Da Da Da. If that's your genre, go for it. But for me, I don't necessarily feel any strong type of way. Like these were great dramas for a season. And then looking back, I'm just like, not, I don't find them rewatchable, which is a huge like thing for me. And yeah, here's some more for you though. (laughs) These are the ones you should definitely skip. I I don't know why. And these are ones that I don't know why people like them. Like it doesn't compute. Girl, I'm looking at the list and I'm scared for you. I'm excited. Go. I got boys over flowers. Ugh, agree. Airs also with Lee Min Ho. Something happened in Bali, which I hope nobody knows about. I hope nobody <laughs> has seen this. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with Secretary Kim? Oh, that hurts, but you're right. And my love from the star. She said what, what said. she said. She dropped the mic and walked I away. I did drop y'all. the mic. Well, I won't drop this mic, but I will drop <laughs> a mic. <laughs> I mean, if you have opinions, like feel free to share them in the comments and mm-hmm. respectfully, as always. State your are, case respectfully. We okay? are welcoming opinions. We are ready to change our minds based on uh, respectful and good arguments, or maybe we won't change our minds. And that's fine. That's beautiful. That's like, that's literally the point of life. So, uh huh. Agree. Yeah. Man, boys over flowers and airs are terrible. <sighs> we actually have a reel about how Laura feels about boys over flowers. So head over to our Instagram and catch <laughs> in 4K. Airs, the first episode when they're in California. Oh my literally, God. My skin was crawling from the embarrassment. Well, the thing is, there was a lot of. <laughs> so if you want to talk about the first episode of Airs, they have it in Cali, in LA, and they're in like Malibu one second. And the next second, they're like running away from somebody and they run to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not, that's like, the math isn't mathing. The no. math isn't mathing. <laughs> Who's a it marathon runner in this story? <laughs> it was scary. I was like, is this three days later? Like, what is, <laughs> you can't run to the Walk of Fame from that place that you were at. It was, 
very <laughs> concerning to me because then I'm like, the Koreans are going to see that and they're going to think <laughs> that all these things are next to each other. They're, they're going to make their itinerary for their trips and they're going to be like, okay, so we're going to go to Malibu and then like right after we're going to go to the Walk of Fame because it's right yeah. by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. No, so no, not even close. <laughs> I was frustrated when I watched <laughs> that part of Airs. Oh man. And that kind of segues us into our next question. I kind of only watched it because it was one of the classics. Mm. But just because it's a classic, you don't have to watch it, like Jess said. So in your opinion, which K-drama <laughs> genre yields the highest quality K-dramas? And please rank them. We love ranking things okay, here. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So um, this was very difficult. Actually, this was not so difficult for me. So I firmly believe that the highest quality K-dramas come from the action slash thriller genre. You have things like Signal, Squid Game, All of Us Are Dead, Kingdom, DP, etc. And it's not a coincidence that most of those are Netflix dramas. <laughs> Next up on the ranking of highest quality K-dramas, I have Slice of Life K-dramas. You have in this genre, you have K-dramas like Because This Is My First Life, My Liberation Notes, The Reply Series, My Mister, Something in the Rain, 2521, Our Beloved Summer. These are all considered Slice of Life K-dramas. And I love them all. Even though it's not my genre, I can appreciate like the when it's good, it's good. Next, I would say that the saguk slash historical K-dramas are pretty amazing. So you have K-dramas like The Red Sleeve, The Princess's Man, which is woefully underrated to me. The Moon That Embraces the Sun, The Crowned Clown, Rookie Historian, Guheryong, <sighs> and so many more. These are really good historical K-dramas that have some comedy, have some romance, have a lot of political intrigue, have the added bonus of being period pieces. To me, that's a bonus. Some people think it's a minus, but whatever. And then next, I would say that the fantasy romance school dramas kind of bring up the rear in terms of quality. Makes sense. And I, I feel bad in saying that because sometimes people really gravitate towards these those K dramas, but I do. I think that in terms of quality, and I'm taking everything into account, right? Like OST, um, cinematography, talent in front of the screen, acting chops, story plot, all that stuff forms my opinion of like, what is a great K-drama? Like what's a high quality K-drama? And usually the fantasy ones are always fucking around with their own plot. Like they're just like messed up. And then the romance ones, lately it's been like on the downtrend. Like those romance ones haven't been so good. And then school ones, I feel like they're just stuck in the same plots, recycling mm -hmm. the same plots over and over again versus getting a little bit more uh, unique. And that adds to usually the school dramas have younger actors, untested actors, people who later go on to do a great saga, a great slice of yeah. life, a great action thriller, K-drama, and they're just kind of cutting their teeth idols show up in school dramas and they yep. don't know what the fuck they're doing like nope. you know so those dramas are lower on my list I I will mostly watch fantasy romance and school dramas and I know they're not that good but like I accept this and I if it on. feeds you it feeds you yeah that's what but, I was but, gonna say it's not like you go around recommending them like they're Pulitzer winning award things like you know you're just like oh I'm watching yes. this because it's like my trash like it's just like everyone that watches reality tv but they right. know that it's trash right. because it's a guilty pleasure and that's it right something that I like you just mentioned a lot of these actors tend to be the newer ones that don't have a lot of experience and 
you can see their growth going into the other genres like Cha Anu. He did uh, my <laughs> ID is Gangnam Beauty. Oh yes, and it was like watching a cardboard act. I I love him. <laughs> he's he's my bias in Astro. Like I love him. She has like three biases in Astro. Don't trust her. But he uh, <laughs> don't trust her. But he he was not a very good actor at the very beginning. But when I saw the rookie historian and his growth as an actor, I was like, Girl. okay, I believe you now. Mm. Okay, mm. you're you're okay. I, I, Everybody has I, to start somewhere. Yeah, it was not a good start. But it was not a good start. You had like, you were like, this wasn't good. No, it really wasn't. I, I, it made me dislike him. I was like, who the? F-? But it, it's you nice living to- off that pretty privilege, you know. I mean, well, no, he's actually super talented. No, <laughs> see, they fool you. They fool you. But he was. It was not a good one. And it's nice to see that, like, they move on to like the other genres that make better quality k-dramas and you can see that progression okay so finally bonus question yes time to be controversial yet brave which i think you've been doing yeah but i'm the bravest when there's nobody here nobody's talking shit (laughs) about i haven't watched enough k-dramas to be controversial yet but i did call out shiny styling team so i'm trying you know that's true that was that was a good one though (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) okay what are your five most hated K-drama tropes? Okay. Only five. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I know it's hard. <laughs> You'd be here all day if I was talking about what I hated about the tropes. Okay. The met as children trope. I want to fucking retire it so bad because it is so been there, done that. Yeah. It's like you have a wonderful story, great plot, two characters. Oh my God. They're so great together. And then they met his children it like sinks the whole show for me almost yeah. nowadays i just i think it's so dated they just leave it you have the disapproving slash overbearing parents or grandparents <laughs> which to me is tried and true but also we can retire that very easily and not have overbearing parents it is almost like you find a supportive parent in a k-drama and you're just like oh my god that is amazing like you start thinking this is a revolutionary K-drama because it is so often that you have a parent that is somewhat disapproving, overbearing, terrible, somewhat abusive to their children or their stepchildren. So I would rather them try and write in a nice parent for a change. (laughs) Sudden illness slash amnesia (laughs) is old school old school and a derivative of that is the surprise car crash getting ran over by a white truck suddenly (laughs) this one again i think i did a tiktok recently where i said something about the white truck (laughs) traumas and people were like i get so much anxiety when people cross the street (laughs) in (laughs) k-dramas I tend to when they get near the street and I'm like oh my god these poor people and it's absolutely true that it is just a wreck it is for your nerves for your sanity when all of a sudden out of nowhere someone gets run over or they get some sort of crazy serious illness so those top three top three right there uh four I hate the ugly duckling uh trope which is you have a man or a woman who is 
so obviously attractive but they just put glass <laughs> they put glasses in bad fashion on them and they're like oh they're so ugly and I'm like no they're not <laughs> Where they have freckles oh my god that's not ugly oh my god they're just tan they have tan skin they're not ugly like it's very frustrating especially when we have our western beauty standards which are nothing like the Asian beauty standards <laughs> The call out from the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Steve Buscemi catching stray bullets. <laughs> Sorry to Steve Buscemi because I love Steve Buscemi, but I mean, I, the point had to be made. But how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> That's right. He's got that. He's got that meme. Damn. So sorry. Sorry. First of all, to see Buscemi. <laughs> Second of all, I hate the trope of the ugly duckling and they obviously have a makeover at some point during the K-drama and it's like, oh my God, a Hollywood star all of a sudden underneath all of that <laughs> denim of and flannel and glasses. Yeah. <laughs> they have a bad perm. Why? I don't know. And then they fix it and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Always, always. And then this is a toss up for my fifth one. I can't tell which one I like I dislike more. Backpacks or subway product placement. <laughs> it, it's a toss-up because the backpacks to me is also maybe very cultural. Yeah. Because in Korea they evidently always like give backpacks. We don't have that in Hispanic culture. Mm-mm. We just hug. <laughs> I still don't like it, even after like a decade or more than tech, more than a decade of watching K dramas. I just never liked it. And then Subway, fuck Subway. <laughs> Say it with your chest. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It'll be like, let's go have lunch. Oh my God, I'm so hungry. I can't wait to have lunch. Let's go to someplace really good. Subway. <laughs> Eat fresh. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> I saw um, one of our favorite rappers slash comedians slash she can do everything, G. She was like doing her show, No Prepare. And she got sponsored by Subway one of the episodes. <laughs> and I was like, not here too, bro. No. <laughs> you, you have all the K-drama market like share. Stay please, away. Please give me one thing. One thing without Subway. Are they yeah. even big in America still? No, I don't way. think so. I think after Jared and after the yoga mat, right. Right. they're not just so terrible. Like you walk in and you're like, I'm dirty. Like, it's just <laughs> like yeah. the cheese has been there all, all for days. And yeah, yeah, the, the, cookies are good, though. <laughs> the cookies are still good. The cookies are fire. You're right. You're right. The cookies, the cookies are good. The cookies will hit. The cookies will absolutely hit. Yeah. You love a cookie. Hit in a pinch. Yeah. In a pinch, those cookies will definitely hit for me. Because I have a lot of opinions on this particular thing. Oh my God, tell me. <laughs> One of my biggest, biggest tropes that I don't like is a love triangle. Oh, I hate the love triangle because I always love the second male lead more than the first male I... lead. <laughs> and Laura. the second male lead always, always ends up sad like in the love triangle the 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 two main characters end up happy and whatever and the second male leads just has to accept and be like i'm living for your happiness like fuck that like why (laughs) how many real people actually experience love triangles Uh uh-huh it's hard Uh to get one person to like you and two like two 
at and the same right. time. It is and so usually, the women are like meh, you know, like <laughs> right. Like, what's the like draw here for these guys? You know, like it, imitation. Uh, it's this K drama that came oh, out. Imitation. In, yes. Yeah, yeah. The K- with all of the SF nine and eighties. Eighties. Right. Yeah. The, the main character, the main lead. He was mean. And she she had all these men after crawling like just to get her to like just look at them and i'm like yeah so here's here's my okay so here's my caveat to that is that i don't like a a love triangle when it's really contrived and isn't like well done agreed however when it's one woman with like all these guys after i'm like that's a female fantasy most k-dramas are written by women so this is like you know them just letting loose if it was the other way around we'd be like oh this is so icky like every k-drama is just like a male fantasy you know i have a lot of experience in the k-drama world i've watched like maybe five or six to date including like one web drama but whatever but that whole like every man wants this one woman is giving very emily in paris very unrealistic (laughs) and and as someone who lived in London while Emily in Paris came out I was feeling very attacked by Mm. I'm like where are all these men that live in my building and want to fix my vibrator for me where is this like I don't I don't I don't where mm. uh uh-huh yes I'm feeling you like where I am a young like semi-young career woman with a really good funny personality where the fuck is my love triangle like this girl used two hashtags on instagram and she got a fucking deal with like you no i i hated emily in paris so much (laughs) oh god (laughs) you don't understand i Uh, feel you that that whole like one woman being you know vied after by all these people it's just uh, i get that there's some girls that for sure you know iu once like everybody wants to fucking IU though. He's fucking IU. Exactly. IU exactly. is not human, actually. I think she's, she's just created. Really not. Yeah. She's not. She was she's made in a manufactured. Lab, 100%. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I don't I don't buy that. Those those uh, so I don't I don't know if maybe if I watch a few dramas, I'll I'll come back to you guys in a year or two, let you know how I feel about that. But now it just doesn't feel very realistic. And I, I do like mm-hmm. to have some level of relatability. So for me, it's just justice for the second male lead, man. Justice for the second male they lead. They get they craft some really nice guys. Um, and then they like shit on them. Like, well, okay. So what's annoying terrible. about the love triangles is there's usually one asshole and one really nice guy who is a great pick if you're the Delicious. if you're the leading lady. And they're both like wildly attractive. So why is she picking the asshole who treated her like shit for six episodes right, when right, she right. has this guy who was like there the whole time? Because and if they're loves mean her. to you, that means they like you. Oh my God. Oh my God. Fuck guys, that. guys, Fuck he spit that. on me. He totally wants <laughs> to be my like baby daddy. Hello. Milo, we're telling, we're no. telling the K-pop idol step on no. Yeah, meanwhile, yeah. No, his mom bankrupted my whole family and now I can't go to school. <laughs> and he told me to lick the ice cream off his boot because I accidentally dropped ice cream on him and now he's stalking me at school and like he is goals. Boys overpowered okay. is trash. I can't, I can't. He made everybody in the school. <laughs> <laughs> up. Beat me up and 
set things on fire and try to kill me and like it's fine we're cool now like he's fine now um, the worst and wait what one tiny little segue for laura not in her defense but to add context she also stands a lot of least popular members in boy groups for k-pop so it does make sense that she goes so hard for the second male lead the underdog she's into that a lot okay another one that I just cannot stand. And it is also super popular in webtoons and manwas. And I, it literally makes my skin crawl. <laughs> Teacher, student, or like older, or like right. older sister, older brother with like super young, like person, like they've known each other since they're babies. One is significantly older, has treated that person as a little sister little brother and then they grow up and then all of a sudden like it's romantic like oh stop no there it's giving celine dion yeah i don't know oh my god celine dion catching stray bullets with renee oh my -hmm. gosh renee's Mm -hmm. robbed a cradle that's a famous chasm of an age gap Mm -hmm. (laughs) here in the west the celine dion marriage oh my god he discovered her when she was like 14 Mm mm-hmm that's disgusting. I think people said even 12. And he was married. She was the other woman. It was this whole fucking thing. It was a lot. You deserve yeah. better, Celine. Truly. And then <sighs> my last one. <laughs> what do you have? Strongly about these. So I haven't seen this happen recently, but like it was a trope that I'm glad has been put to death. Oh, good. And it's the whole dressing women as men and then selling them off as men oh having the gender the male leads the second male lead always the second male lead fall in love with this man question their sexuality come to terms with it and then all of a sudden oh no i'm a girl and it's like so you don't like copy prints i watched it i like it but it pisses me off <laughs> <laughs> That's a famous gender bender. I know. I liked it. It was great. I I, I loved, enjoyed it. I need like, to rewatch. Laura, Laura said cancel Mulan. <laughs> Laura said cancel Mulan, y'all. I don't no. know. I don't know. You know, you know which one comes to mind? To the beautiful you. To the beautiful you. That's, That's it. the one. Yes. With with uh, Mino from Shiny. Yes. Oh my God. That was a school one. Answer. Like a sports school or something. It pisses Did me we off see because he's gonna get a drama on Netflix? Yes, I'm so happy. So for excited! Him. I know it's so Netflix, sad. and we canceled Netflix, but you know we're happy for Mino getting his money. No, yeah, they're uh, they're gonna pay him fairly, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's good. But it just that 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 one in particular made my blood boil because the second male lead had this whole internal t- turmoil and like was fine with it in the end, and he was such a good character and then they just literally put a pile of dog poop on him and just oh. whoop, the end period yeah. <laughs> so the beautiful you was a gender bender so you don't like that one no i fucking hate i mean i watched it all because i love the second male lead but like i hated it okay jess so we've kept you <laughs> long enough but we do have one last question and um we are wanting to take advantage of the fact that it is hispanic heritage month so let's talk about if you remember any novelas from childhood 
or early teens or whatever that maybe impacted the way that you consume content like k-dramas and the movies for your podcast and stuff like that i'm gonna say probably k-dramas more than anything so i used to watch some novelas with my grandma or my abuelos and it, they were like saturday night novelas and friday night novelas like we would just go over to their house they would just have them on and the novelas on the spanish channels it's like one after another yep. which is great yeah. <laughs> i imagine that's what the k-dramas are like in korea when you watch them live it's like one after another like at Probably. seven i have this at eight i have this and the only one that i vividly remember watching with my abuela was this one from 2003 called rebecca have you guys one. heard of it so you remember one, it that one was playing i moved here in 2003 so that was one of the very first ones that I think I caught when I moved here. And yeah, oh. it's very like Univision and Telemundo from yes. 7 to 10 are playing novelas. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely remember seeing that one. Yes, this was, um, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Mariana? Soane, Soane. Soane, okay, yeah. and Ricardo Alamo. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure her name is pronounced differently elsewhere, but at least in Hispanic TV and when they did interviews and stuff, it was Seoane. It was like they, they the whole thing. Yeah, I yeah, it. yeah. And it was a Cinderella type story. Always. Yeah, yeah. that always yeah. it never fails from Marimar to Rebecca. You're always yeah. going to find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it. I feel bad. I watched I didn't watch the Hispanic or the Spanish version, but I watched the America Ferrer version of Betty La Feo, so Ugly Betty. Mm -hmm. And that one was so underwhelming. Like the ending, I would say, was not what you wanted because obviously you want her to get together with her dude. And it takes like all this time for them to just be like mildly interested in each other. Yeah. Betty La Fea was a cultural reset in Colombia reset. and even in Venezuela. Like it, mm -hmm. it went deep. Like So there's an episode in Betty La Fea in the Spanish Colombian version when they first have sex. And I swear to God. What? They, they even had... have sex in the Hispanic oh, version? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, That's in a big novela. Point. Novelas are very, Ay, Dios like... mio. But it wasn't graphic. It wasn't no, like, no, like no, 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 no. I'm even not at expecting. the time, it wasn't like crazy, but it was like, you knew because she had been writing in her diary and all these things that like it was about to go down and it finally did. And he had like, they had sex. And I'm telling you, at the moment that that <laughs> episode was playing, you couldn't catch a cab in Colombia. Like you no. couldn't get service anywhere. Everybody was yeah. glued to the TV watching this. Yeah. So that, yeah. that novella really changed the history of Colombian TV. Like it, there's a before and after. There's it a is. few of them. There's like Pedro Lescamoso, Betty oh. La Fea, Café con Aroma de Mujer. Like there's a few novelas <laughs> that really are considered timeless and yeah. just people still wow. watch them again yeah and and you know the fact that it became an american franchise yeah is super exciting so yeah i think my family has watched betty la fea like four times laura's, wow. ba laura's bachelorette like <laughs> in trip in medellin there's there was what nine of us i think in the in, yeah, we, we rented an airbnb and we had plans every day but laura also had thankfully thank you laura a very relaxed itinerary in general and it was very like how we feel so this was like the last <laughs> night we had been through a lot we had like ridden horses we had gone <laughs> on a boat a like it was no but it was great the group it was, was changed it was a lot but it was like the last night we had been there for already four or five days like oh it no was, you know it was it was a lot so guys, guys we're, like, we're kind of tired let's just like stay in we literally just binge watch betty la fea 
like the whole time. All of that is a wonderful time. bachelorette to it end was. on that note. It was. Yeah. It literally was great. So I, I don't I don't know. Also, my family has probably watched it a bunch of times too, because I, I know in Colombia, like there's actually a channel that is dedicated to playing old novelas. So there's Shut like up. the Mexican novelas, okay. like Itati Cantoral, who is like the iconic, yes. like dramatic Mexican actress. Like they yes. play all the time. All the time. Is she the head give? Yes. 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 That yes. Yes. That's her. <laughs> they play her novela. Like I was watching it with my mom and I was like, oh, because she she's like guarding this paralyzed girl because she's like holding her inheritance. <laughs> Very Mexican novela, right? And then like somebody like she walks into her room and she's not there. And like the, the cleaning lady or the lady who takes care of her is like, oh, she left. And she goes <gasps> like without my, my permission. And it's just like the funniest thing. So me and my mom have this like thing of like seeing oh, God, it's great. So I'll say for myself, the ratio of good to bad novelas for me is pretty terrible. Like I watch a lot of <laughs> trash TV when I was born and raised in Venezuela. My grandma is a huge novela fan. My parents were both like, please do not teach our daughter this. But I fully watched <laughs> every novela available in Venezuela, which was mostly Mexican and Colombian uh, for my whole childhood. But the ones that I remember that give me some nostalgia is, again, Café con Aroma de Mujer, which I think even got remade recently, like not that long ago. I, I like was, the yeah, title. It it's, does, a, it it's, it's like a very well-made, deep, not stupid at all, not tropey at all novela in Colombia. It's amazing. It's really good. Pretty good. Well, you know how Colombia is like a big coffee yeah. country. Yeah. So yeah. There's like, it's a lot about that. And it's more about like the business issues and like, yeah, some family stuff. But like, it, there's a lot of like, it's good. Oh, it's actually good. Yeah. And it's from the 90s. Okay. So it's it's really, really good. Yeah. Betty La Fea, like we mentioned, Ugly Betty. Amigas yeah. y Rivales was a Mexican one that like every teen tween girl watched like in really early 2000s, maybe late 90s, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Juana right. la Virgen is the only point of pride I have with Venezuela because this got made into Jane the Virgin. It's like, Jane no the Virgin. One, no one touches Venezuelan content with like three <laughs> mile long stick. Yeah, they won't touch it. But they really did not do it justice in the US. I don't care. I said what I said. But it's fine. At least they did it. And at least I, from Venezuela got attention outside. I watched season one of that one, Jane, Jane the, the Virgin. Virgin yeah. And I got really upset because it's supposed to be set in Miami, right? I honestly didn't even watch it that much because I was angry by the way that they were playing it. Because they didn't really understand and include a lot of the intricacies of what it was mm -hmm. in Venezuela and for Venezuelans at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was mm -hmm. not about it. So I didn't watch. For me, it was supposed to be a Miami show. And there was none of this like Miami flavor, Miami setting, like the palm trees weren't right. And I was like, you basically just set this in You can tell LA. it was written by white people that were trying yes. to understand it. And they, they, or not even understand it. They were trying to make it palatable for other white people that would get it. And it wasn't it didn't give yeah, so no. but you know at least somebody from the hollywood things saw it got an idea and hopefully the people in venezuela are getting money paid in royalties from everybody here that enjoyed the novel so hopefully i hopefully, that was probably a licensing deal and they didn't get anything besides yeah. that but whatever you know one can only hope. Can hope and then for personally i can say like my favorite 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 life-defining novellas were like my first car had a name and all the names were based on the actors' names from these novelas. So if you- I think, love that. If you, like, that's how much it really meant to me. But there's this Mexican actor, his name is Fernando Colunga. He's like a beautiful, 
Greek god, but Mexican and really fucking okay. tan. I don't have a face to the name, so I'm gonna look him Please up. Please do uh, look uh, him up. Uh, he uh, is like the hottest person ever. I've seen this man. Yes, yes, you have. I can, because I, he was yes. like in every novella. Yes, yes. he's like in everything. Yeah, he was in so many novellas. So oh, he actually had like a really cool partnership with this Mexican director named Carla Estrada. And like I remember vividly, like my mom and I would just watch these novelas endlessly. Like these were the only ones that she allowed herself to watch because they were no. period this man novelas. Is fine they were all fuck. fiction. This man is so fine. He is so fine. And he had like a bunch of also other novelas where he was like in a motorcycle. I think he did one of the Marimar, Maria Mercedes, one of the Talia ones from like at night. Oh my god, a Talia one. Okay. Yeah. So hit the three novelas that like defined my life watching him were Alborada. Amor Real and Pasión. And like his okay. names in the novelas were Manuel, Luis, and Ricardo. And so my first car, which was a Mazda 3, and I called him Pichungo for short. Oh my God, my first the- car was a Mazda 3. Oh my God, I knew I liked you. Awesome. I love this. I, love this. Okay. I, knew, I knew there was a bond. Yes. So his full name was Fernando, Manuel, and Ricardo, but I called him Pichungo for short. That was my car. And it was all because of Fernando Colunga and these novelas. So thank you, Carla Estrada, for giving me like the most amazing content of my childhood slash teenagehood. Oh and my that's, God. that's it for me. I'm, I'll stop now. I- I applaud you. What color was your Mazda 3? It was a gray color Mazda 3. It was great. Oh, mine was blue. Ooh, girl, you risky. And I did a- not like the, <laughs> the blue with the red lights in the back, but, you know, yes. to own. I like it the looked gray. mean. And it, it was, did. oh my God, that car was so, so zippy. I fucking love that car. That car was everything. That was my first car. That was like my college adventure car. So I, lots of fun memories. I totally crashed it a few times. Like, but like, like little bumps that would yeah, like yeah. pop back out. Yeah, that yeah, car yeah. was so good to me. Yeah. So, so Bro, good to me. Oh my God. Okay. We have muscle during comment. Okay. Yeah. Lauda. So for me, my experience with novelas is a bit different. I moved to the U.S. in 2000 and I didn't watch American TV until I was, until 2010. Okay, wow. from 2000 to 2010, my parents refused to get more than one TV with cable because they said that if we had different TVs, we wouldn't spend time as a family. So we only had one TV. So we would only watch novelas. So from 2000 to 2010, that's all I watched. And- my 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 family were like we have bullying in our blood a little bit <laughs> so like we always rank like we just always rank it's a thing and so in my household colombian novelas were always top i mean I, we're colombians so you know okay sure. i <laughs> so we 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 would watch so many novelas i we would be on the couch from seven, which were not that good. The 8 p.m. ones were a little bit better. Yeah. And the 9 p.m. were like racy. So I was like, oh, I can't yes. See this. <laughs> I can't um, see this. It's, it's totally same, same. So we were there from seven to 10, the whole wow, four as of a us, family. As a family. So I watched a lot of novelas. My favorite ones are the Colombian ones because I feel like they're very similar to K dramas. The Mexican novelas tended to be very about like the romance of it Mm. Colombian novellas were exploring different genres Mm. so it wasn't just romance there were novellas that like touched I mean there was romance but they also touched in a lot of different things so like some of the highlights in my family were Betty La Fea, Pedro El Escamoso, Pecados Capitales this one is Pecados Capitales Bro, it is amazing. Let me tell you, amazing. <laughs> I downloaded it to watch on a really long flight and I'm sitting in my chair almost 
peeing my pants because it is hilarious. So the whole premise is that there's this guy who doesn't have any immediate family, but he's going to die soon because of a sickness. So what he does is he invites his uh, extended family yes. to live in his house. Oh, no. For his inheritance. Yes. And the whole premise is you can't leave the house. If you leave the house, you're not going to get anything. Oh, my God. The character is a signifies. No, not signifies. Is one of like, the deadly um, sins yes oh my god that's yes. so awesome i love it, is it. so good it yes. is so good like my whole family we were like oh my god oh my god what are we gonna do oh my god nice. it was it was great so who um, got the inheritance i don't remember right now <laughs> I, I watched Laura. it i was really you're gonna have to watch it you're gonna have to watch it it's on netflix, on netflix. it's on netflix get yeah. the fuck out of here a you're lot of colombian novelas are on netflix yeah. it's like my parents have watched it about five times i am not kidding you and they freaking love it and wow. i only watch the ones like rewatch the ones that i downloaded for that one flight and i'm like why haven't i watched this now that i'm an adult because it came out in like 2002 i was what 12 11 <laughs> i didn't really understand a lot of it but mm. rewatching it now i'm like oh my god, this oh is hilarious. My god. <laughs> it's pretty good just to close it off the novela <laughs> that changed my whole life was la usurpadora with oh. Gabby Spanik. Oh yeah. I, Wait, who? With who? Gabby Spanik. S-P-A-N-I-C. Let me tell you, obviously I went for the bad because of course. So she's the, she's a twin. Thank you. And it's like an evil twin and a good twin. Oh. And then they replace each other. Like it's a whole thing. Uh, can I tell you that there's I a met couple K dramas like that? I'm sure there are. Can yeah. I tell you that I met her? I was on vacation with my parents and I was a little girl. I don't know, maybe like in Aruba, Margarita, some island thing. And my mom and I went to a store and she was being paid to be like model for like a perfume or like something. And she was wearing this beautiful lime green 60s mod fashion dress. Oh. And I walked in and I saw her, of course, super starstruck. This woman is fucking gorgeous. And my impertinent ass, like, I don't know, nine years old was, and she was at the time, I think she was dating like a Venezuelan actor. So it was all like tea, like, oh my God, are you here with oh him? Like, what's God. going? And I go like, where are you staying? And my mom's like, Kathy, you don't ask that to people. Like, <laughs> people they can't tell you. And she was just like laughing and nice. And she gave me like her perfume sample or whatever, but she's beautiful in person, like beautiful. And this was right on our time too, of the La Usurpadora, like gorgeous. Woman. I wanted to be the evil twin. She was, she was everything to me. Oh my God. Her short hair, the red lipstick. The bob. Oh. Yeah. Okay, no, now Literally I have to look up her character. Wanted she owned it. to be her. Like she I, it. I can't, I can't. I just, Cause it was like the good character was like a, Oh my God. Ugh, fabulous. Yes. I know. Yes. She looks fabulous. She was so, so, so perfect for that role. Like she played both roles really, really well. I Ooh. really, really like enjoyed that novella. That was one of those like cliffhanger ones. Like every episode ends in a cliffhanger. That was one of them. And she was wearing always red or like dark colors. Yes. And the good one was always in like light White. pinks and like, like out and I'm like eh. yeah <laughs> it was amazing this I is had a great villain time. origin story literally. <laughs> I had a great time. oh my god is that why I like short hair and red That's lipstick probably 
That could be Probably. it. This is our therapy session. That's subliminal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was really evil though. Like actually. She was. She was yeah. bad. Okay. You have one more on your list, Laura, that is Mexican. I, I think. do. Oh, Luz Clarita. One. When it I was saw like that a... name, I was like, ah, my brain hurts. Like I just thought, like the, I remember the soundtrack, like Luz yeah. Clarita. It was like, like it a was children's it was. novella. Like the main character was a child. Okay. And like, it, there was actually and I remember I, my biggest fear when I was little sorry that I keep like talking yeah, no, but I no, just no, like no. I, I'm so excited about this because I feel like <laughs> finally all the things that I did for so many years when I was little are finally coming into play but when I was little, my biggest fear was having appendicitis from watching these novelas <gasps> when every fucking yes. child had appendicitis the right side of my body <laughs> hurts <more." laughs> that's great that's great for my parents the fear. I yeah I thought appendicitis would be a bigger part of our lives yeah it's pretty rare it's not that bad fa- it's not that bad like I bad. I think in my life I've seen one person that had appendicitis no two that's it I know a few but a yeah couple. it really hasn't been that big of a it wasn't as big of a problem and as it, I thought it was gonna be yes it was not this <laughs> oh my god they're dying yeah, yeah. it's like oh my it God, ruptured exploded. it ruptured let's pray let's call everyone <laughs> like it wasn't that yeah. with that unfortunately it is time to say goodbye to our lovely amazing guest jess it was truly such a pleasure to have you and we're so 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 glad that this world of korean entertainment brought us together because we just yes. have so much fun on the dms because it's a fun time <laughs> And being shady on IG and TikTok, it's oh, just like always. doesn't get old. It's the best. So do you have any parting words for our audience or any reminders for where to find you? Well, definitely watch K-dramas. Give them a try. Even the overrated ones that I said before are a good entry point for anybody to try and get in on some K-dramas. Lots of people got in on K-dramas with Crash Landing on You. The Chloe fam is alive and well. Just <laughs> press play. What's it going to hurt? Subtitles are a whole new world, so please give them a shot. It's a great way for just you to get very up your your television watching or your entertainment. Whole new world. I think I'm gonna get a hashtag trending that is like "Opa is not babe." I'm. I think that's gonna be my my passion project for the next. Opa is not babe. Yeah. Opa is like that. That's my hashtag. I like that. You should make enamel pins that just say. But is not babe. Yeah, I might. I just might fuck like around it. and find out. It has been yeah. my motto this Who's year. Who's like so. a classic opa that you could draw for the enamel pin as well? Maybe like Hyunbin. Like you could just like draw Hyunbin. I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna go for opa. maybe Hyunsik. Maybe maybe a little Pak Hyunsik. Maybe I don't hey, know. Is he opa? Hey. He's, he's opa, he right? And it's just I love about... him. probably not. I'm probably Nuna. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. She's well, like, no. Opa yes. is a state of mind. We guys. all are actually. Opa is a state of mind. It's yeah, it is a state of mind. Or Kongyu. Kongyu is great to, for Opa because Let's he's older. Take Yon. Very good looking. Ooh, do tech. Is, tech is our age. Like, tech, if you're watching, if you're listening, like, don't let the hurricane, like, scare you <laughs> off. Like, <laughs> anyone wow, who's not I love watching this. you should because jess's background this whole time has been like the doppler it's of- hurricane ian <laughs> yeah about to make landfall again floridians yeah. we guys were used to this like we're, we take we're it in stride we we do our best we have to it. have a sense of humor we have to laugh we it do. off otherwise 
like the destruction will just break us. We're, yeah. we're very resilient here. And, yeah. you know, this is our version of a hurricane party. We can't all be together right now, but we're here virtually. And like, we're having a good time. Yeah. We're making the best of it right before we all <laughs> look, cry, I had drinks power. and everything. I yeah, had a drink and Jess, everything. Jess was drinking because of us. Cause she wanted to join the party. So thank you Jess, yeah. for being such yeah. a good sport. And, and before <laughs> I forget, please know that we are featured guests on Jess's podcast we reviewed their drama love all play yeah or something about coming at someone at 493 kilometers an hour or whatever <laughs> I don't know I don't know <laughs> uh Miami yeah. people don't do kilometers we do miles but that's that's another uh, story for another day so uh, thank you just for having us on your podcast we had so yes. much fun reviewing that episode and watching we had such that, a good time that, together uh, drama that was like mm-hmm. my probably fourth or fifth so oh my god yeah early you're, you're... On in my in my k-drama baby stages so <laughs> thank you for yes. having us oh thank you for having me this was such a great okay. time uh we have to do this again yes we do for sure yes, yeah and we always say that kathy and i are 96 percent in the same page always on the same page 96 percent in this particular review of love all play is where that four percent came in strong. <laughs> yep, I would say in K drama world in general, I think That's... Our, our our thoughts are not always aligned anymore in K drama. No, world, no, no. So. so if you want to hear that, you should definitely give yeah. Jess's podcast. Yeah, a keep an eye on the feed. Obviously, we're um, hosted by Anchor, so we're available everywhere: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can find us on the socials. I say us, but it's really. It's really me. It's it's just me. Rico didn't want anything to do with the socials. <laughs> he was like, you just, I see you're passionate. Just handle it. So I'm on the socials at ATC Pod, And I'd love to see you guys over there. Please talk K-dramas with me. I am talking to your girls, Kathy and Laura, all the time. If you have suggestions for like more collabs for us, what do you want to see from us? Like, please let us know. We're Maybe all they want to watch us review La Usurpadora. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> Pecados Capitales, bro. That has like 200 episodes. <laughs> yeah. We're, it's going to take us a while, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much, Jess. We really appreciate your time and, you. and all the great insights. We really, really, really had the best time today. Oh, really thank did. you. Let's and do it again. Stay safe. Stay dry. Stay else, safe. Florida, we'll do this again. No hurricane. No hurricane next time. We got this. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MIA2K podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead. So please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real-time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale! Bye!